0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book study. My name is Rebecca F., as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Friday, December 27, 2019, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are in Chapter 6 Into Action on page 79. We will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph, which begins with Although these reparations and ends with Shrink at Anything. Today's readers are Tenzin T, Wendy M, Susan H, Cindy M, and Naomi B. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Thursday, December 26, 2019, 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. meeting, Eastern Time meeting, are 13,878 and 13,884. That's 13,878 8 for the 7 a.m. meeting and 13,884 for the 10 a.m. meeting. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You big book study. Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Tenzin P. to read the OA 12 steps.
1: Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, Tenten P, checking in from New York City. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible. Except when to do so would injure them or others. 10: Continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it 11 go through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And well, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day.
0: Thank you, Tenzin P. I will now ask Wendy M. to read the OA-12 traditions.
2: Good morning. I'm Wendy M., a recovered compulsive overeater in Raleigh, North Carolina, and these are our 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants Thank you for allowing me to do service.
0: Thank you, Wendy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book in Chapter 6 into action on page 79. We will be reading and commenting on the first paragraph, which begins with, Although these reparations and ends with shrink at anything. I will now ask Susan H. to go ahead and
3: read that for us. Good morning, this is Susan H. in Ohio. I am a recovered, grateful, compulsive overreader. Although these reparations take innumerable forms, there are some general principles which we find guiding reminding ourselves that we have decided to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience, we ask that we be given strength and direction to do the right thing no matter what the personal consequences may be. We may lose our position or reputation or face jail, but we are willing. We have to be. We must not shrink at anything. And uh, I am very grateful to be on this journey. I am very grateful that I have a meeting that brings me back to this part again because I find it's an organic process that that I've found a loving higher power who is willing to show me, willing to show me again and again things that, that I may have missed. Or things that have come up and I, you know, I've swept under the rug. <laughs> I'm really good at that. And uh, if I can muster the willingness, if I can remember what it was like to live in the disease, muster the willingness, again, to go to any length. And I find that it took me a while, at least, to really get it into my head that that asking that we be given strength and direction to do the right thing. Prayer is really, really what brings me to the full willingness. I'm just amazed that I can um, ask a higher power that loves me absolutely, right or wrong, loves me. And I get the strength to be willing to do anything to keep the channel open with him so um i'm grateful that i have been willing even when it seemed impossible to share or to face and i know that there that more will be revealed and i'm actually grateful for that i you know i I don't know if it's my weakness or or what, but it seems like uh, things come bit by bit that uh, my spiritual experience has definitely been an educational one that continues for all of my journey. I am just so grateful. And today I start my journey again. Grateful for all you fellows and for this program. I will pass. Thank you, Susan H. If you
0: haven't shared on this meeting in the past couple of days and would like to share on the first paragraph on page 79 in the Big Book, please press star 1 to unmute and state your first name and last initial.
4: Katie G from Boston.
0: Do L. Someone L. Do L. Do L. And before Melissa, there was a someone with
5: do.
6: I that's
0: think. W. Okay, that's W. And then Melissa, what's your last initial?
7: It's oh Melissa okay. C.
0: Right, right. Sorry, I couldn't think of it. okay.
7: Else? You uh-huh.
8: Nancy P.
0: Nancy P. We Okay. We have KDG, L, Beth W., Melissa C., and Nancy T. Did I leave anyone else? Okay. KDG, the floor is yours.
4: Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you for your service. Good morning, fellows. KDG recovered. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I've heard that line, except when to do so would injure them or others about the amends. and. That the others includes me it does not include me and that's what this paragraph is telling me so i've had a lot of experience with amends when i first did this process i had um, over 140 formal amends to make and i I don't say that to be egotistical or whatever it just it was what it was i did a lot of harm one of the biggest amends that i've had to make um, could have cost me my professional license um, I, in a fit of exercise bulimia over four and a half years ago, was going to work, um, leaving, clocking in, going to work, leaving, exercising for two hours and coming back. And I was, I want to let everyone know, identifying as recovered on this meeting and sharing. Um, and, you know, that's just the ugliness of my disease, right? And, and it, where did it land me? Eating was a step up, right? And so going to... Um, I actually was blessed with a woman in this program who, guess what, had my same profession. And I had to be willing to lay myself in front of my formal board and um, make appropriate amends. I was able to find ways to donate the $5,000 of money that I wasted lying about time I spent with my patients and doing program work at work. Nobody pays me to do my program at work and I did that. Um, and, and this is about go, willing to go to any length. And again, real big warning, if you're on any other step but steps eight and nine, talk to a sponsor. Do not make any of these amends on your own. This is very dangerous, right? But I have to be willing. So I did that. Um, I had another woman who I had lied about, about um, an un- at an unemployment hearing and I had a woman in whom the problem had been solved, guide me, be willing to go to the Department of Education and tell them I lied, I misrepresented this woman and I could have prevented her from getting unemployment and she deserves it, right? Because, and, and they could have given me a lot of financial whatever, but I had to be willing. For me, it's also about listening. I was fired from the same job four different times at different companies. And I contacted them three times because that's what I was taught, you contact three times. And I finally got a formal letter that said, cease and desist, KDG, cease and desist, please go away. You're doing more harm. And I had to listen to that because why, this is not about like sharing about how cool I am. This is about my relationship with God. And I'll just wrap up with this. God continues to show me the smaller, quote-unquote, amends. The other day as I'm listening to this, I found a a lunch bag that a man had loaned me four years ago. And you know what I did? I went on Amazon and I mailed it to him. Because that's what you do, right? That's what you do. Not because I want you guys to give me a ticker tape parade, but because eating is going to be a step up if I do not follow the directions in this program. Thanks, Rebecca. Happy Friday.
0: Oh, thanks, Katie G. Duell.
9: Good morning. This is Duell, Recover Compulsible Reader uh, from New York. Thank you. Um, Reparations take innumerable forms, and yes, they do, you know. um, But, you know, the program teaches me that I'm willing to do whatever it takes, uh, no matter what the consequences are. And a lot of people have a hard time doing this, right? And, and I've heard, you know, you do a 10-step to do a step nine. I don't believe that. Um, I, I believe that a four through nine needs to be done, which is technically a 10-step, right? A four through nine. Before you continue to do a 10-step, you need to get the practical experience first on nine, Right? So does it mean that I'm going to make every single amends that I'm going to find every single person before I move on in step nine? That's unreasonable. I made some uh, reparations that took years, years after I initially initiated that amends to repair the damage. One of them was paying $16,000 back to the government that I owed. That took me a year. But I initiated that amends initially in order to get past that. And I paid back my creditors and I made arrangements. The big book gives us clear-cut directions on how to do all this, right? But I need to get the practical experience in order for me to continue to practice these things, right? And I don't have to wait to 10 to do my prayers in 4, in 5, in 6, in 7 eight and nine and here it is a prayer right a prayer that says we ask that we be given the strength and direction right to do the right thing no matter what the personal consequences may be see i don't have to wait to 10 to do this prayer at nine right and there's other prayers here in in the ninth step that i could be doing right it's not the only prayer um And when I get connected to my higher power, then I lose the fear. But if I have fear, I have step four that says when we have fear, we start to outgrow the fear when we get connected to that, to the higher power, right? So, you know, this is saying to me that I must not shrink back because, like Katie said, if I shrink back, the next option is the food. And that does not become any option anymore, Right? Um, I have to do this. And, you know, and, yes, I was facing jail time. I was facing all of that. But because I was willing to connect to my higher power, God took me out of that scrape. That's the miracle of the program, that when you trust in your higher power, all sorts of miraculous things begin to happen. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Duell. Beth W.,
3: Hi, good morning. It's Buck W. From North Dakota. I've recovered today by God's grace and mercy, as a dear friend says. And um, I'm in Decorah, Iowa, this morning. and speaking softly because I don't want to wake anybody else up. Um, Willing to go to any lengths. You know, I made that promise early on in this program, and it doesn't change when it comes to making amends. And I am calling in to just... um, take my seat and, and say that, you know what, this program continues to grow and amaze me. And, and to say that um, sometimes those amends happen long after they feel like they're done, but um, part of the amends are that I am a changed person, and that means I have to keep up my part of, of uh, growing and changing and um, not blaming others for my, my poor behavior. And when I made amends, I wanted other people to change. And that's not how it works. And so when I, when I needed to make amends, when I needed to grow and change, it meant I showed up on their doorstep. I needed to say what I needed to say. And um, I appreciated what I heard earlier about um, when I owe... It's my bill. It's my responsibility. It's my expectation to make a change. It's not for someone else to say, oh, don't worry about it or or pretend it didn't happen. It's still my responsibility. And um, what a gift this program is to my life. What a gift to be able to wake up wherever I am and to call into this meeting and know that I have uh, a chance for another abstinent day and to be connected through you with my higher power with that I'll
1: I'll pass thanks thank you Beth W Melissa C hi
7: good morning Rebecca it's Melissa C I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York and um thank you for your service this morning um yeah I you know I I love that idea of the reputation you know um and what this tells me is that i can't shrink um about the loss of my reputation um, cuz i can't be an honest person and and hide behind an image, you know, that i wanted others to have of me that i knew in my heart i didn't deserve, you know? Um and i've um i had this i believed this reputation um at work. I, I was, um, a Girl Scout leader, right, for my daughter's troop and I was constantly, um, using my coworkers to support my daughter's my really I hid behind my daughter, right? My need to like be a big shot. And so I sold lots of things at my, my workplace and I You know, constantly came to them, my colleagues, for donations. And, um, you know, and my disease was crazy. So I had no business um, holding on to candy or cookies that, like, you know, in, in the depth of this illness, there's no way that that stuff was safe with me. And I had collected, you know, at the end of Halloween, one of our big drives was to collect unwanted candy and send it to troops, right, for for Halloween. And um, I had bags of candy in my car, and, uh, you know, I started out by, like, picking through the bag and thinking, this might melt, you know, the sun is shining in my car, I shouldn't leave it, this might melt. And then it went so that I ate all the chocolate in the candy because that wasn't going to be safe to transport, you know, that's what I thought. And then, of course, it went to everything in the bag, and so um besides having to throw all the wrappers out the car window, when I went around and made my amends, I knew that I had to make a financial amend to to the Girl Scouts, to the troops, and I took care of that. But I had to go to this coworker, and I was terrified of my reputation Um, because in my mind I had already decided she was a huge gossip, and I was scared of what she was going to say about me. But that didn't matter anymore, you know, because um, I didn't deserve this reputation, and I needed to clean it up. Otherwise, I was going to eat that candy again, or any candy, or any food. Nothing was safe for me. And I went to her, you know, and it happened that it went well, but it didn't matter if it didn't go well. You know, I knew that we have to do whatever it takes so that we can live in freedom. This is about getting free. Um, thanks. thanks. That I'll pass.
0: Oh, thanks, Melissa C. Um, before you go, Nancy P., I'll just let the people who got on late know that we read the first paragraph on page 79 although these reparations through shrink it and anything. Go ahead, Nancy P.
5: Hi, hey, this is Nancy P from West Newton, Massachusetts. Thanks for letting me share. Um, yeah, we can't shrink at anything. So this, when I was listening to this, again, this paragraph being read, I thought, really for me, um, it's another chance to um, reaffirm my surrender. You know, if I let my ego stand, that means that I'm not surrendering to my higher power. And... You know, I had um, some, um, most of my amends had were sort of hovering around fear. Um, I did have some financial amends, um, but most, mostly it was, you know, fear that someone wasn't going to like me, you know, or my reputation would suffer. And um, one in particular was with a boss who really was cruel to me. And I felt for a long time that... Um, you know, that I was really truly the wrong party and my fear made me do things like, um, you know, I, if I needed to get work done, I'd go into his files. I mean, not illegally stuff that I needed to know, but rather than ask him to sh- give me information, he was so mean to me all the time that I just waited until he wasn't in his office and I'd go in his files and take the information that I needed and get my work done and put everything back so that he wouldn't know. And I, and I did that because I was frightened of him and, um, I had to make amends to him. It was after I had left that position. Um, but I had to make amends to him and, um, you know, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to tell him what I had done. And, um, but it was sort of hanging over me and that with other amends, you know, the same types of amends, um, I, I had to pray a lot to be ready and, um, and then I had to do what it said and not shrink. And, um, you know, today, what that did for me, you know, the sort of the reaffirming of my surrender to do whatever's necessary. um, I don't, it allowed me to, um, to not be afraid of, of that kind of, I don't want to call it a confrontation, but that kind of a rendezvous, if you will. Um, Because I lived in fear of that kind of thing. And, um, and, and I, did the best that I could to, to make amends where possible. And, you know, I was just on the phone with a sponsee the other night and we were going, she had read her fifth step and we were going over, um, you know, how to proceed. And, and she said, never for this one particular type of thing. And I said, you don't have to do it now, but you can, you can say that you you'll be willing to do it when you're ready and then work towards being ready. And that's what I do with other amends that I have yet to make. I'm not done making amends. And, um, and um, yeah, I just feel like I don't need to be afraid. The more I, the more I steep myself in this, in this brew um, of recovery, I don't need to be afraid. And I'm learning to let go of my fear of all these things. And that's really what it is, you know, like I don't need to be afraid. Okay. I don't need to be afraid that I'm going to eat. Thank you. I'll wrap up. And I don't need to be afraid of my amends and the thought I'll pass, thanks.
0: Thank you, Nancy P. Okay, it's time to take more names. If you'd like to share on the last paragraph, I mean, the first paragraph on page 79, and haven't shared in the past couple of days, give me your first name and last initial. Sharon. Sharon. Barbara P. Barbara P. Amy G. Amy G. Okay, we have Sharon. You can give us your last initial when you share. Barbara P. and Amy G. Sharon, go right ahead. Gail M. Paul Algilon, Gail M. Sharon's turn. Everybody else? Yes. You? Puts you? Hi, Sharon.
10: Hello.
0: I heard you say yes there for a second.
10: This is Sharon um, S. Can you hear me? I'm sorry, it wouldn't unmute.
0: (laughs) Now I hear you, Sharon S.
10: Okay, thank you. Um, About a year and a half ago, when I did my uh, work through the 12 steps with the sponsor, I had my list, and there were three people on it, that my three siblings, that I thought would caused more harm for me to do it. And I, re- I really believed that um, at the time and talked with people in program and just decided to do what the last person just said and just say, I'm willing to do it, but I'm gonna table it for right now. And so I did that. And eventually with two of them, um, I did make amends that I, I, I just had to write them letters and I, they never responded. But the third one, I just could not see that it wouldn't be poking. There, all three of them have, two of them have untreated mental illness and one of one of them has treated mental illness. And I really believe that it would be like poking the hornet's nest and it would cause harm to my kids. Well, last week when I was listening to a meeting, uh, I think it was on the fifth step, that this brother came to my mind and I don't think about him at all. I mean, I just don't. And I felt my heart soften in a way I, I don't even didn't even really I don't think knew I don't think I ever knew what that meant but I felt my heart soften as I thought about him and I felt just this love and um, an unbelievable feeling and all of these thoughts came to my mind what to say to him and what to what to what to say to him in the amends and so I quickly wrote it all down and um and then I got scared, but then I just thought, no, no, this is definitely, definitely higher power and inspired. And so I um, called and left a message for him. I, I didn't know if he would return my call, but that doesn't make any difference. I just started the process. Um, he did call back, and um, I did um, do my immense with him, and it was wonderful. And God led me right through it. And I heard while I was giving the amends he has an auditory processing problem, speak very slow, speak very calm and and I did that, and I act when I read my character defects and how I demonstrated those in my life to him, I heard him gasp i mean I just heard him like gasp and and then sigh and it was the whole thing went fine and because of the way that we're taught to do this which is to not respond to go straight i said please let me please don't interrupt me and then you can you know share with me afterwards and i promise i won't interrupt you because we're a family of interrupters and um, one uppers and and we did that and when he shared with me he Mm -hmm. said something about the other sister that's involved in this. And, you know, when he had heard blah, 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 which was all completely 100% lies, he just couldn't be involved with a toxic person. And that's why he treated me the way he treated me. And in um, the past, if, if there wouldn't be that little thing of bite your tongue off before you respond to something like that, I would have just laid into him and set him right about that sister. But I just didn't say a word. And when I didn't say a word, he said, I don't even know if any of that's true. And I gasped because I was like, but I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything because it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make any difference. I was connecting with this brother that I thought I would never see again. I live in Ecuador and have no desire to go where he lives because it would just be to see him. And I just felt love for him. And I and I'm looking forward to a relationship with him. And all I can say is, doing this the way it is in the big book is ex- exactly. I I don't know. I it, it was just wonderful, wonderful experience. And thank you. And I pass.
0: Thank you, Sharon. Barbara
6: P. Good morning. This is Barbara P. in Atlanta. And um, the line reminding ourselves we've decided to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience. I knew I had sort of decided to go to any lengths to lose weight and to keep it off. And, you know, sometimes I I can almost forget that this this continues to be, this journey for me continues to be about um, going to, to finding a spiritual experience, experiencing it every day. Um, and I guess so what it what it does remind me of is that this constantly takes me back to that step one, and it's really good for me it's It's humbling because my ego needs to do that. I need to constantly be going back to that I'm powerless that there are a lot of actions I take today, so not just when I did my ninth and had to go back to to face people that I didn't wanna face an ex husband ex bosses um it was very humbling. And it was completely freeing. And then today in my life, I I remember that and going back to those experiences, I'm so glad I did them, even though I felt like, oh, my God, that would just be the end of my life to have to do those things. I'm so glad I did because I feel like, I don't know, I have to be willing. At the end of that, the last line or two, we have to be, it says, but we are willing, we have to be, we must not shrink at anything. And I continue to live my life that way on a daily basis. There's lots of things I don't want to do and that are humbling, you know. Uh, uh, Anyway, it doesn't even matter what the situation. When I do them, when I act in accordance with the principles of these programs rather than my self-will, I just can continue to grow that spiritual experience and I can continue to be free. And by the grace of God, I, I feel free of food today You know, Wednesday I ate like a Wednesday, not like it was a special holiday. Um, I don't know. This freedom comes, but the price is my ego, and it is my promise to continue to grow my spiritual experience and to go to any lengths. And I do that on a daily basis. So anyway, I just i am so grateful to have found this program and to have really maybe surrendered for today. That can change in a minute, but for today to know if I go to any lengths, The gifts are immeasurable. They truly are in my life today. Thanks. With that, I pass.
0: Thanks, Barbara P. Amy G.
8: Good morning. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive reader in Maryland. Wow, thanks for such an awesome meeting. I am so grateful that we sit here and we actually study. We study this big book. It's a textbook. And One thing I noticed is that when we started reading about this step on page 76, I noticed a couple things. It says on page 76, remember it was agreed that the beginning we would go to any length for victory over alcohol. And then on the next page, on page 77, it says we simply tell him that we will never get over drinking until we have done our utmost to straighten out the past. And then on page 78, we must lose our fear of our creditors no matter what or how far we have to go But we are liable to drink if we're afraid to face them. I mean, do you think they're trying to tell us something here? This is serious business if we want to be sober and abstinent. But then they do something a little bit different, or Bill does on page seventy nine. He says, We have decided to go to any length to find a spiritual experience. Now I know people have always said that Bill liked to write the same thing different ways in the big book, but for me, I feel like there's a reason why for me that he says spiritual experience. Because for me, doing these amends is also about what many have said about ego reduction and humility and all of these things and being willing to go to any length. But for me, this is also where cleaning up the wreckage of the past not only unblocks my relationship with my higher power, whom I choose to call God, but it starts a relationship. A true relationship where I saw through my amends God doing for me what I could not do for myself. I started to experience what it was I needed to not only stop eating, but to stay stopped. That personality change sufficient to bring about recovery. When I had to actively step out on faith, remember, faith without works, works without faith, or whatever is dead. Because at this point, I am actively actively working my recovery program by cleaning out the records of the past and I saw clearly that's why I believe the promises are after step nine because I am starting to have that relationship and when I have that relationship and I show my humility my higher power shows up and I start to have that relationship it was an incredible experience these amends as hard as they were I saw my higher power more than anything else in that in that process of doing that And with that, I'll pass.
1: Thank you, Amy G. Gail M.
11: Good morning. This is Gail M. from the East Coast and New Jersey, and thank you for your service. Uh, This is um, a really good paragraph for me. I remember a few years ago doing the fourth step again and sharing it with my sponsor at the beach and it was just a wonderful experience but I remember the paperwork and it said uh you know that I would or maybe one day or never and I was like oh my gosh after I did the fourth again I was like oh that's right now we have to get to the amends you know so I did what I had to do um and yeah there are some cases where I could cause harm to another family blah 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 with my relationship blah 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 but um you know i've moved on, I work a program, I hit my knees each morning for honesty, open mindedness, and willingness to strength, and I do this uh, daily tenth step in my journal, you know re- if I'm resentful, you know if i 've been dishonest, blah 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 blah, and you know what that helps me that helps me not have such a big fourth step next time, and now I just apologize in the moment and um it's not too often that I need to because I do keep my side of the street clean. But um, those resentments, blah, 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 they'll keep me sick. They'll keep me disconnected from my higher power. And um, I just want to say that it's interesting when you hear these things after time where you are on your spiritual journey in the program, how more open minded I am, blah, blah, blah. But um, I'm just very grateful for the program, for the meetings. For my tools, for my sponsor, for all the things I'm supposed to do because I don't work it perfectly. However, the tools are simple. I'm like a little kid. Keep my mind off the food and give me something else to do. And it works. It works. All those simple little tools, they work for me. And um, that's all I'm going to share. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Gail M. It's time to take more names. So if you want to share on the last first paragraph on page 79, I keep saying the last. um, Please give me your name and last initial.
12: Pete B. Pete B.
1: Pete B. Go right ahead.
13: Thank you, moderator.
0: Who was, wait one second, Pete, who was that?
12: Sorry,
0: Jason I'll K. A, Jason K. I'll add you on. Thanks very much. Go ahead, Pete.
12: Yeah, uh, thanks moderator. Pete B, compulsive overeater, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. And thanks for taking the meeting. I have heard of so many uh interesting interpretations of this in the in the shares in both the first hour and the second hour throughout the week and it's 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 uh in some instances it got me scratching my head right and thinking, am I I wrong about my assessment of things? In other instances, I, you know, I, you know, I have to remember that, you know, different people have different interpretation of things. And, you know, when it talks about like these reparations take innumerable forms, I mean, I I had a situation when I was doing my ninth step where I had cheated and lied on my expense reports in my, uh, for my company. And I had taken money that wasn't rightfully mine. And my assessment of things were I needed to go to my boss and tell him that I took the money. And in doing so, I would have found myself in unemployment. Now, when they say to yourself, well, what should I do, right? What, what, what do I do in that instance? Because I had other creditors that were entitled to the money that I had made arrangements to pay them back, right? So if I, t- if I went to this boss, I would have deprived those creditors of their rightfully due funding. So what do you do? Right, so, the, so it was decided that was it is, it is it essential that the person that I that I wronged the boss that I deprived him of money and made him pay me more than I was due? Should I tell him that I did that, knowing full well that I'd be that I'd be uh, removed from my position? Well, the conclusion was I had to right the wrong because this is what the process is. This is a process of righting the wrong. Whether or not I'm sorry to him or not sorry to him is irrelevant. I had to right the wrong. So what I had to do in order to keep my other the other commitments that I had was I had to, on a regular basis, deduct out of my pocket a certain amount of money so that I could repay what I stole, right? Now, according to some of the things that I've heard in this part of the book that we're studying is that, that well, I didn't apologize to him, so I must not have made an amends. Well, I don't uh, – I, I righted the wrong. I we I came up with the quantity that was owed, and I paid it back. And I kept my position. I continued to work, and I continued to meet my other obligations. Now, I don't know. I was going to pose this as a question in the second hour, but it got quiet, so I thought I'd throw it out there. Now, I'm not throwing it out there as a question. I'm just saying these reparations take innumerable forms, and the, what we're doing here in the ninth step is about writing the wrong. That's what it tells us that we have to do. And with that I'll pass.
0: Thank you, P. Jason k
13: Good morning. This is Jason k recovered compulsive eater and bulimic um, from outside of Philadelphia. And um, you know, I just love that this uh, we're we're consistently reminded um that we have decided to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience, and, you know, for me, um, you know, I'm, I'm, as a selfish, self-centered person, I'm very impulsive, I want things when I want them, how I want them, I want things now, I pursued um, pleasure and my happiness with great abandon for many, many decades before I came into recovery and started to turn my life around and to, to, to an unselfish life, Uh, And I am a sprinter. I'm not a marathon runner. Literally, I've signed up for marathons. I haven't been able to do the training and put in the consistency of training to be able to run a marathon. Uh, I've had to drop out of those races. I've had to um, not compete in those races because I I literally could not do the training. Uh, But this is different. This is telling us that we have to go to any length, that we have to be willing to to stick it out, I've uh, stolen and cheated and lied um, w- to such excess with money that I couldn't just pay back everybody right away and, and, and to um, make a payment plan and to start thinking about, um, you know, doing this and then, you know, contributing money every year, you know, I, I lied and cheated and kind of misrepresented myself on my taxes that someone suggested you know every year contact sign you got to give more but that's really hard for me because I just want to I want to pay it all off at once I want to just just do it just get it done with because again I'm impulsive so this is a process for me of, of, of patience and you know what's driving this for me what's driving this is I get to either do this and I get to go the extra mile I get to complete the marathon and live this on a daily basis for the rest of my life, or I, I get to go back into the food and get to go back into that, you know, living death of, you know, being in the food, of the binging and the purging. So for me, what drives this is my first, first step experience. And with that humble submission to the reality, to the acceptance of the reality of my first step, I surrender, I surrender. And what else guides this? God guides God give me strength and direction to do the right thing to do the right thing so even today you know after two years of abstinence and recovery I I drove by a place the other day gentle dental oh yeah I ran out on a bill for gentle dental I'm over here in Arizona vacationing with family and there's a gentle dental back in Pennsylvania that I owe money and I say darn it and I write it on my list Um, and you know, I'm running the marathon today, and I'm happy to be All doing right. that with uh, with everybody. Thank you, Ipat.
0: Thank you, Jason K. We have time for two more shares. Who would like them?
14: Deanna B.
0: Deanna B. Dar- Darlene H. And Darlene H. Great, Deanna B. Go right ahead.
14: Thank you, moderator, and thank you for your service. My name is Deanna B and I am a grateful recovered for today, compulsive overeater. I like uh this paragraph and I, I'm really getting a lot out of the uh, the shares that first sets. Although these relations take innumerable forms, there are some general principles which we find guiding. And there was someone uh who had commented that it's, you know, downright dangerous if we do all this alone, that we need our sponsor, we need other people. And I have somebody on my list that I've been on there for many years. And I'm talking in the eighties and what I what happened with my sponsor and I, and we talked about it, I cannot remember these uh these people's first names. That I took money from, and when I came into program, I stopped taking money, pencils, making copies you know sneakily, or doing anything and that so far has been you know on an ongoing basis until it comes back in my memory or not that I don't do those things anymore today I don't take money from other people i don't Money and uh, if I so much as think that I might have taken something from you, uh, I would have to pay that back, whether it was financial or or something else. So I do believe that I am willing to make amends to these people, and if uh, their names ever come up or if I ever find them, I mean, I have. the general area where they lived, and I looked into that. And so just for today, it's on a piece of paper, and it's, you know, to do, but to continue with living the life of, you know, honesty to the best of my ability. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Thank you, Deanna B. Darlene
15: H. Good morning. This is Darlene H., formerly of Columbia, South Carolina, now Columbus, Georgia. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, recovered and grateful uh, for the steps and uh, uh, a higher power in my life today. One of the things that stands out for me is um, we ask that we be given strength and direction to do the right thing no matter what the personal consequences may be. And uh, one of the situations that I have had in the past was, I used to back in the day, I used to live with an aunt of mine who had a closet full of food, and of course, as a, a very active compulsive overeater, I was eating her food. So by the time I got to the work um, and ready to make amends, uh, she was in full-blown Alzheimer's, and I was unable to go to her. Uh, and speak to her directly, you know, we both knew I was eating her food. There was no doubt about that. But part of that ego clearing, ego crushing uh, part of my, my disease, it would have been beneficial to have that conversation either way. So the point is that she no longer remembered, and I could have just left it at that. But I knew that that was not going to help me moving forward. So one of the things that I did was I went ahead and donated food for a food pantry for a year after that. Uh, I did a very similar thing where I had stolen money from an unknown person, meaning that uh, money had been turned into our lost and found. We were supposed to hold it for a period of time. I took it you know, after holding, it, I don't know, for like 30 days, God, that was painful, holding onto it all that time. And then many years later, realizing I did that, didn't know, you know, whose money it belonged to, and also made sure to donate that. Because as it also talks, you know, it talks about going to any place to find a spiritual experience. This is about me clearing up the wreckage and clearing up that blockage from a power greater than me me being able to look at the world in the eye, me learning from my experiences in the past so that I can move forward and not do these things again, you know, me following the dictates of a power greater than me, which I ask daily, please direct me to be as you would have me be and give me the, right next, the next right thought or action, and following those and not running my show. Because when I do, self reliance always fails me. Thank you very much. I passed. Thank you, Darlene H. Does anyone
0: want
1: to share for one minute?
0: Okay. Actually, um, that minute is up now, so I guess um, we've come to the end of our sharing. And uh, thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. Oh, oh, wait a minute. I need a a number here that I do not have um, for today's meeting. Um, So... Um, I can't give you that right now, but um, please join us for a second, unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. Um, just checking to see if I'm missing anything. I don't think so. Sorry about that. Uh, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Cindy M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page.
16: Hi, this is Cindy M. Can you hear me? I do hear you, Cindy M. Great. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day